Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Middle call! Heavy John, I've never been more appreciated of the pre-recorded open than today, I think, so far in the last probably month and a half of the pre-recorded open. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm glad. I mean, this is this is my thought all along. I, I a couple guys, you know, the, the, the cold slash flu has made a comeback. It's out of retirement. It's like uh, Brett Favre, and it's it's kicking ass and taking names. But, you know, we got bills to pay, words to speak, and let's roll. Yeah, Ham is uh, shocked that I got on today, and I told John, I was like, I don't feel hot. And you were like, I feel bad. And I have for two days. It just hit me today, Wednesday. But, um. You know, blue collars, blue collar, John. The new blue collar is a is just a dark hoodie. Uh, so we'll do, we're, we're going to give it everything we got, and then we're going to disappear like Phil Mickelson. Uh, at least I am under the covers for a little yeah, I while. Th- I, I was thinking, but when we hopped on, I was like, I'm not even going to mention it. You know, it's mind over matter. I don't yeah. want those out. But then you brought it up, I'm like, oh, thank God, fuck. <laughs> I got about 50 minutes in me. Uh, <laughs> There's nothing wrong with acknowledging. That's like uh, if Kurt Schilling had never put the fake blood on his sock, how would anybody know he was hurt? You know. Has you got to get your confi- credit. Has that been confirmed? No, no. I think he was bleeding. He I think I think it was. Yeah, I think it was real blood. I just love that story. They're like they played the ketchup to make people like because that would be a pretty legendary thing, right? Put some ketchup. Well, and they're gonna think I'm a legend. You know, one thing that bothers me is that in the Belichick Brady book about Mike Martz, who you know was adamant that they filmed the walkthrough the day before, yeah. and what really happened was. The Patriots walked through, then the Rams came after, but the Rams staff or the Patriots staffers were still there as they were doing their walkthrough. Right. And just operating a normal practice. And the one thing even not the deflator, that was deflate gate, but like the 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 spygate guy was like, No, we just watched because we were sta- they were looking at us. We had Patriot gear on and we remembered and then I went and told Brian Dable what they were doing. Like and I remember the the senator that was like the Philly guy. Arlen Spectre. Yeah, I was like, "What did you see?" He's like, "I don't know. They were. I was right there. This isn't illegal. Like, they didn't have to do this. You fucking. They're. They're more. I think Mike Martz has zero ground to stand on for that one. Doing it in front of and Marshall. People around. But it was like they were running special plays with their tight ends, and and Walsh was like, "I got to tell these guys about this." Uh, I remember when I was doing arena minor league arena football AF two Freddie B John. Man, you would have Freddie B's in the Bay Area. You'd love to meet Freddie B. Fred Blitnikoff Jr. was the head coach, and he was just like a, a, a steak eating, tobacco spitting, like John Gruden knockoff. I mean, yeah. not knockoff. He was his own guy. He was just he had had bad type. Bad. Just kind, just I, yeah, had just a vibe that type. Of just football just, guy. Yeah. Just a fun. Just he always called me Spider from the movie. Uh, was that Goodfellas? Where they shoot the guy in the foot. Top like Gun? Oh, funny, yeah, like, ha-ha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like Spider. And uh, I remember he used to always run fake plays during walkthroughs and visiting arenas just in case. All right, we'll get these mother... And he cussed just nonstop. We'll get these motherfuckers with this one. And he'd run some stupid fake play. And Was he a wide receiver? Was he a wide receiver? Yeah, did he like? Did he play at all? Do you remember? Uh, you know, I don't think so. He was about 
probably about five ten. Got I got to check in with him. He's because pops. Well, I remember meeting him a couple times at Raiders training camp. Freddie Senior is not the biggest guy in the world, but uh, you could tell like he was probably tall in in his day, right? Yeah, because they shrink a little bit, and clearly uh, he was pretty good in his day. I mean, they named the College Award after him, right? The Bolitnikov Trophy, baby. That's pretty cool. That's a God, what a great name, Freddie B. If you're out there, holler at your boy. <laughs> <laughs> I got his number. I got he's man, one of a kind. Was he Pesci calling you Spider? Like, was he going to shoot you? I thought foot? Pesci was Pe- who? Yeah, I don't remember the movie well enough what to the, remember. The, 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 what the movie happens is they're playing cards in the basement. And the the up and coming young kid who's trying to be like in the you don't even really know what he's trying to be, but he's just they're making him do the shitty stuff like make them drinks. He doesn't kind of kiss Pesci's ass. Then Pesci shoots him in the foot. And then so they come back to a scene a little bit later. This time Pesci takes a shot at him again, not with a gun, but like verbally. Yeah, this guy has a huge thing on his foot, right? Because he's been shot in the foot. Now he takes a huge shot at Pesci. De Niro and everyone is just starts dying laughing. Pesci then kills him. That's right. That was me. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe he was Pesci. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we got we have the grand return of the ham mailbag is back this week. The ham mailbag will make its return. Here's how you get in the Haberman and Middlecoff mailbag, which is just another content creation. You go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts. You leave us a review. Five stars. In that review, leave us a question. And tell us your favorite bar to hang at for no reason other than we'd like to know. I think it's cool to talk about other bars. And uh, John does too. And um, that's how you get in the mailbag. So we do have questions that have been just stacking up, just piling up like text messages in Phil Mickelson's inbox. And uh, so we're going get, to get to those. Like phone calls from Phil Mickelson's sponsors. So we're going to get yeah. to those uh, coming up on the next show. The other thing, guy, shave it or save it. We need some new inquiries. And you can our both of our emails are in our Twitter accounts. Uh, both you can DM us, and I know we, we you and I have talked about this off the record, uh, like Phil thought he was uh, doing. That if you you know if you're uncomfortable about having your face, we can you know use uh, Microsoft Paint or whatever. Yeah, and we black can blur your face it out. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because it, we understand, like it's shave it or save. We're gonna it. openly kind of somewhat make fun of you potentially. Potentially, yeah, but it's with love. But it doesn't always feel that way when you're it's like the a one self-deprecating front situation. Yeah, that's what we hope. Especially, you know, John's gone through it, so he can he can really, um, you know, feel feel for people. So you just, you know, send us a photo. We need. Are you receding? Are you are you thinning? Whatever it is, if you need help deciding whether you should shave your hair or <laughs> save your hair, that's what we're here for, and uh, that's what shave it or save it is. So absolutely, I mean, I guess we can, you know. We could do chest if you if you want to get into that whole situation. We could do like you a know a, 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 my my fan. advice on my advice on that as you age. Uh, I think you know it's a go to move in your twenties. You know to look like a little boy as you age. Uh, from experience, girls do like the chest. They, they don't mind it. Now the back, like today, I was taking a shower. I, I take a couple swipes with mm. the razor of the back, yeah, yeah, especially up near the shoulders. But the chest, the older you get. Fucking let it roll, baby. That's that's great advice. Uh, I I will say I have chest hair and it is I can shave it and I still have, uh, you know, yeah, just a Persian rug. So I'm not Persian, but to, to me the back and definitely the I I, I hit the tramp stamp like once a once a that's week. Smart. I mean that that can get pretty hairy right there. Yeah, that's smart, especially when you're butt, like, butt cheeks too. I mean I you know oh I, my butt actually doesn't get that hairy. Uh, John, all right. So here's uh, t- thank you. Uh, time now for the show. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like we said, only fans of that version. If you guys want to dive into that, 
somebody on the stream HR says, John, you have the ideal shaped dome. Yeah, that's the hard part. Is that's what we try to help people with. Is but I didn't. I dome. didn't. I didn't know that. No, you don't. Time. Yeah, you just got to dive in. You know, it's funny about OnlyFans. The OnlyFans, you know, the probably one of the more famous OnlyFans in terms of just publicly was the chicken sack that's claimed she was making six hundred grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, that came up in a conversation this weekend. Six hundred grand a month. I mean, to do some OnlyFans, and it wasn't like she was having sex. It'd just be like her in some lingerie. Or her in the kitchen, like in mm. a short t-shirt. They kicked like your kids was, out of school. Yeah, she was just playing the kind of the, uh, she was just teasing and intrigues. You know, it wasn't like full on hustler. Right, right. Playboy channel. But even Playboy was always, you know, NC-17 where hustler was like X. Yeah. Now it's just all X, double X. I thought Playboy, I remember, was just, I legitimately like reading the scattering report. You know, the long thing. It was like mm-hmm. where she was from, her interests, mm-hmm. uh, what she looks for in a man. You know, yep. it was just Hugh knew what he was doing. Just this one detail. This is all. There's a great Playboy uh, Mansion Hugh Hefner documentary. It's like four parts that's out right now. Amazon Prime? No, it's on uh, like AMC or something. It's on television. Wow. Yeah, someone told me about that, actually. Like, it's doesn't make Hugh look the best. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> no, it, actually, I recommend you watch that and you fold it right into the Bill Cosby doc and you have yourself quite a uh, quite a night. Uncomfortable uh, as it may be. All right, uh, John, let's start with this. Uh, the Internet buzzing. Adam Schefter went on. Um, and I apologize. I've never heard. I don't know how to say his name out. Ari Mayrov. Mayrov. Um, but if that's incorrect, I'm happy to correct that. Here's what he said about Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Trey Lance was probably further behind than people realized. Trey Lance is greener than people realized. Trey Lance is going to need more work than people realized. And they have a roster that can win now. And if you're San Francisco, so you just said if someone gives up a one. So maybe somebody doesn't. But let's just talk this out for a moment. Okay, so let's say they get a two, four, and a six. Now you're San Francisco. Now you could say Jimmy Garoppolo is unquestionably one of the most popular and respected players in our locker room. Players love playing with him. We have him under contract this year at a very friendly $25 million cap number. And if we play with him this year and we lose him after this year, we're going to get a third-round comp pick back in return. All right. So headline that came out of that that's made its way around the internet was Adam Schefter says it's not a lock that Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded, even though he says Jimmy may believe it's a lock. That was part of uh, part of his quote. Well, I think Jimmy does believe it's a lock. When, when you watched his last press conference for the Niners, it was a good buy. Uh, so I, you know, I mean, Jimmy was pretty adamant that he's done. Let's face it. The moment he traded for Trey Lance in Jimmy's mind, m- my time in San Francisco is is ticking. And it went a lot longer, I think, than we all expected the moment the trade happened. Because usually when a trade like that happens, you don't wait that long. And I would say in the moment the trade happened, why we kept talking about I would start Trey Lance, I would start Trey Lance as soon as possible was because of the recent history. Uh, it took a it took a syringe to Tyrod Taylor. Herbert started game two. Josh Allen started immediately. Carson Wentz, if you remember, when Teddy Bridgewater went down, they they traded away Sam Bradford. Carson started. Flacco somehow got like five or six games. They inserted Lamar, and he was awesome. Mahomes was a pretty unique case. But Alex, and we've gone over this, had the best year of his career. Like Jimmy was. Did you say Dak? Still, I'm sorry. I, I did not, but that took like seven injuries. Dak was a fourth round pick, though. Yeah. You know, yeah. When you just talk about the high end picks, especially guys people traded for, were just first round picks. Baker Mayfield, you know, started halfway through that first year. I, I just think now, 
you, know, you watch that Montana documentary, you know, in the 80s and 90s, it w- this would not be very abnormal at all. I think it did feel a little abnormal just at points in time in the season. Like, what are we doing? Now, ultimately, when you made the NFC Championship game, that then that feels like 1992, and you're like, whatever, it's fine. And it worked. Now, I think this offseason, um, you know, I'm, I, 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 I think you fucking, you're trading them. <laughs> you're looking to trade them. I, yeah. I am. Yeah, I, I we can get into Kyle's aspect of this in a in a separate conversation we'll have coming up, but um, I think they are too. I mean, I I think part of what Schefter says about the lot part of the logic he uses, right? He uses Ari mentions the Darnold trade a two four and a six, and he mentions that trade. He says, "Would you do a two four and a six now, or would you prefer to wait, let Jimmy play, and then you get a third for Jimmy as a compensatory pick when you just lose him as a free agent?" after the 2022-2023 season, I think what, like, to me, the the critical part of all of the Trey Lance-Jimmy Garoppolo conversations go back to, I think Trey Lance isn't, quote-unquote, ready, like, ready to lead a Super Bowl champion, I don't think. But is he ready to get on the field and play? I think that's why Schefter starts by talking about that. Has Trey kind of reached the point where now the next step for him to help get himself ready is that he needs to get on the field and play? And I think, yes, that the a big part of being ready to play is that. Now, you know, I was telling you beforehand now, he's an undrafted free agent. It's not the same. Tony Romo sat for three years before he was ready. Parcells said to him, I was watching his football life on Tuesday night, like, if I put you out there right now, you get yourself killed. And part of the problem wasn't that Tony didn't know where to throw the ball or even that Tony didn't know what was happening. Tony just could not throw. Like, he was too inaccurate. And I think there's something to be said for you know, they, I do buy you can get better watching and learning. I think the problem is for the Niners, their quarterback has been a plus until he hasn't been. And it's like if you're not going to go, you have been – they're not a team that's trying to make the playoffs for the first time. They've been to the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship game. And I don't think their quarterback is quite good that's enough. Cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and which is – I can understand why you go, so how could you argue against Jimmy? Like – these are all rolls of the dice. Sometimes you catch some breaks. We easily could have won that game. We could have been in the Super Bowl. We could have get, beat the Bengals. And, you know, what the hell? Which I, I think there's something to that. But I also think your team needs to be better. Like their team needs to be better. Their entire team needs to be better. And I think using some of the money that they would otherwise be paying Jimmy Garoppolo to make their team better gives them the best shot to eventually try to get back and win a Super Bowl. Well, I know this guy. If someone is offering the 49ers a 2 and it's a double whammy. It's not just a second-round pick. It's $27 million off your cap. So I get a second-round pick and $27 million for a quarterback that I've invested all this into? It's it's a no-brainer because eventually you're going to have to dive into the deep end. And you're never going to be fully comfortable diving in the deep end unless somehow, like, Jimmy rolled back. You didn't have the $27 million to play with, so it's much harder to build your team. Jimmy misses seven, eight games, and Trey plays a bunch, and he improves, and you're thinking, like, God, we should have just taken the bait. Not even the bait, just a second-round pick. Once you hear the Sam Darnold compensation, you really think to yourself, maybe the 49ers are going to get a second-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Well, now, I, Sam, Sam was cheaper. Remember, it essentially was like two years, $30 million. But Sam's not good. Well, they, like, they, it, And they had to pick up your – it was you had the difficult position of trying to pick up his option. But that's what I'm saying. Like they immediately did it, and it essentially was two years, thirty million dollars. But he's a bottom five or six quarterback last year. We're clearly like, if Sam Darnold was on the 49ers, 
I'd assume he'd be better than he was on the Panthers, but he's not as good as Jimmy Garoppolo. He was pretty terrible whenever yeah, he watched Yeah, if the Niners had done that trade, it would have been a disaster. Does, assuming he feels like he would have looked a little better, but he still has some major flaws. I think he would have looked a little better, but I, is he better than Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't think he is. Yeah. I don't think he is. Because so, you probably would have got rid of Jimmy for for Sam, who was just more like had already played, and you just would insert him. I, right. I give them credit. Like this is not. I was someone banging the table. Like I would go get Sam Darnold. <laughs> so th- this is it's easy to judge after the fact about the moves. But right now, the Jimmy move for Trey Lance, even if Trey struggles, to me, and we'll get into Kyle here in a second, but. I think you got to trade him. I, I think you do, especially if you can get a second round pick for the $27 million. Part of it, you see some of these names like, can you go land JC Jackson? Can you go land some defensive and offensive linemen? Can you just go land some people yeah. to help build your team? Part of what the Chiefs, I was thinking about today, the Chiefs had a bunch of firepower. Now, it didn't all work. Remember, they paid Sammy Watkins $16 million a year. The next year, they go get Honey Badger, but they had money to play with because their quarterback wasn't making that much money. Yeah. The, the Texans were kind of the same. Remember, they went to go get Laramie Tunzel. Like they just they had a rookie quarterback, or I mean, a, a guy on a rookie contract that was playing quarterback. Obviously, the most valuable ever is like Dak or Russell when they're third and fourth round picks. But when you're a first round pick and you're the starting quarterback, like Justin Herbert, or Patrick Mahomes, or Josh Allen, those three or four years, your value is immense. And you're the most valuable player in the NFL, right? Well, yeah. Justin Herbert's value. You're a top five quarterback making $5 million. Does it get any better than that? No. That, that's why the Chargers get shit on. It's like, well, you went seven and nine, and then again, nine and eight and missed the playoffs. Like, you can't do that with this guy playing this well. Right. And that's where the Niners know. I mean, if you gave Kyle Justin Herbert, they would fucking go 15 and two. And I'm not even saying that Trey Lance is going to sniff being that good, but if he's just solid and, and the stuff that we've already talked about that he can do that Jimmy can't, and then kind of learns on the job, his value is even greater because part of where Jimmy's value, where you could nitpick it, like even last year, like he was making $26 million. And there were stretches of football where you're like, he ain't a $26 million player right now. Now he ultimately made up for it. But like 26 ain't nothing. 26 ain't like 12. Right? No, no. But I mean, most quarterback, 26 is also not expensive for a quarterback if he's your starting, you know, NFC championship or conference championship level quarterbacks, guys that have gotten you there, not necessarily. You know, those guys are about to be a lot more expensive than $26 million. Guys that don't get you there are about to be more expensive. Well, than think about think about the Final Four. Stafford was making like 35 or 38. Mahomes makes like 100. Uh, Burrow is the number one overall pick. And he, like if Burrow was a free agent, what would he get? $45 million a year? Yeah. I mean, the biggest contract that a rookie, that, that the biggest contract that a quarterback's ever gotten, he would. I mean, think about this. What if the Niners had never brought in another quarterback and right now had not? had any interest in another quarterback. They're not about to draft a quarterback. Their situation is this. Jimmy Garoppolo coming off an NFC Championship game with one year left on his contract. Let's say they play it out. They don't extend him. They go to another NFC Championship game. How much does Jimmy Garoppolo get on his next contract? Think you franchise tag him? Yeah, I'm just... But you know what I'm saying? Like, he'd get more than If, Trey, if Trey Lance wasn't on this team and Jimmy's backup was just some random, it was Jordan okay, Love. but yeah. Would they extend Jimmy Garoppolo right now? I think they would. That would be insane. But what right. you know it's what hard, I mean? Or they try to, to trade to for another guy. You know, whatever. They tried like trading for Kirk Cousins to pay him fifteen million dollars more isn't the solution. 
No. So, uh, but you know what Schefter said, it all starts with how ready is Trey Lance. Cause you are not going to convince any coach. Oh, you have to do this because you have to do it. If he doesn't think the next guy is quote unquote, ready to play. And the whole world right now is debating whether or not Trey Lance is ready to play. Everyone's got a take on it. But but this goes back to all these young quarterbacks aren't truly ready to play. But through playing is how you improve. You know? It's like well, Josh Allen, the, the, he became so good because of what he put in. Eventually, you got to get out there. And I think it's fair to say that I think what they felt being around Trey is that it was a little too much, which is very understandable. It was It was too much for Aaron Banks who came from Notre Dame multi-year starter as an as a guard. And they're like, yeah, he ain't ready. So what do you think? It comes from a small school quarterback who, as Schefter hammered home, did not play. I mean, he technically got a game, but we, no one counts that. Central Missouri? Yeah. I mean, who even knows? Well, is that like a normal week of practice? Like, everyone be here Sunday at 1 o'clock getting ready for the week. Like, what a weird – it's like, guys, I'm not even at school. No. Didn't wasn't part of the story too. Is like Trey just helped out his guys so they could push the year back or something. Like Trey did everyone. I thought favorite. part of it was Trey agreed to play in the game so that other people would get a look. Maybe that was it. Yeah, I thought because I think Trey had already quote unquote gone pro. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's hard to talk about what we're talking about without talking about specifically the Shanahan aspect of this since he is the primary decision maker here. And uh, before we get to that, let's tell the people, John, that this show is brought to you by our friends at. Butcher Box, where right now you get free GB. That's what we call it in the biz. Ground beef for life. You get two pounds of free, 100% grass-fed, grass-finished GB, ground beef, in every order for the life of your membership right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Yep, butcherbox.com slash ham. You can uh, – it's a subscription service that takes the guesswork out of finding high-quality meat. You've used it. I've used it. Uh, ButcherBox sources their meat from partners with the highest standards for quality. Uh, their their sourcing decisions, their source yeah, their sourcing decisions are made holistically, keeping the farmer, the planet, the animal, and your family in mind. So think about it, guy. We've had chicken delivered, we've had steaks delivered. We didn't even have this option. This option, GBL, ground beef for life. ButcherBox.com slash. So you go, you order nine to eleven pounds. You pick any type of meat you want. And if you use our code right now, our URL, for as long as you're you know signed up for the service, free ground beef for life. Uh, we've had the bacon. I've had the ground beef. It's very oh good. the bacon. The bacon's elite. The chicken. The chicken breast. Ooh, you know I'm not a big I'm not a big seafood either. Although I like um, like fish. Like I'll eat like some salmon or whatever. They've got a bunch of wild caught seafood, including uh, what's the uh, the crabs, oh. which. Which Alyssa made and said it was fantastic. So, whatever you want, they got. It's all there for you, packed fresh and shipped frozen for convenience, so you can save time on your next grocery store trip. Customize your own box with one of theirs. Yep, we'll so customize your own box or go with one of theirs. That's what I'm trying to say. So this is your chance to never shop for ground beef again. That's right, Butcher Box giving new members free ground beef for life. Plus, get ten dollar off coupon. How about that. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and get two pounds of ground beef free in every order for the life of your membership plus $10 off coupon. Log on to butcherbox.com slash ham. Go get it. GBL. Promo code ham. Actually slash ham, but ground beef for life. Yeah, prize picks is where it's at. Prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million users. 
I've been using it and telling you about it for months. It's the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. We're not going to talk about my Otani-less season-long pick quite yet on his home run total. You just pick more or less of two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. For example, this week on Prize Picks, you can go Anthony Edwards, more than 29 points, and Nikola Jokic, more than 10 rebounds. Playoff time's the time to join because star players mean more on Prize Picks. Keep an eye out for the starred players on the board, and you could receive a 10% payout boost if they're in your winning lineup. So right now, download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, code HAM50. First deposit match up to 100 bucks. Price picks. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at Butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it. Four years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you... Free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Okay, so... um. There are a couple other elements of this Schefter, these Schefter comments, which we've played. And the number one element, right, is does, does Adam know what he's talking about? And I think we can agree for the most part, Adam Schefter knows what he's talking about. So why is Adam Schefter saying what he's saying when we're hearing from other places that, well, Trey Lance is ready? 
when we're hearing from other places that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get traded. I think it's with, to me with Schefter, and we've had Schefter on this show. It's always a major question when we talk about things that he says. Why is he saying it and where is he getting it? Right. Um, who is he talking to? The answer is a lot of people. So I never dismiss things that he says. Now, this particular element, there is there is a there are two things at play with will they or won't they trade him. One is they have to have an offer that they like. And two, John, is the guy making pulling the trigger on the decision, Kyle Shanahan. Well, you remember last year when we interviewed Adam Schefter, no big deal. He told us that that Sam Darnold could end up going for a first round pick, and people thought he was nuts, and he ended up going for a second, fourth, and a sixth. Like he wasn't that far off. Like he he knew. Uh, I think it's, he's known the Shanahan family for twenty five years. To me, this one's pretty clear. If Kyle Shanahan isn't comf- Kyle Shanahan isn't comfortable with this player. Why would he trade Jimmy Garoppolo when he knows that he can compete with Jimmy Garoppolo and have the contingency plan with this guy as he grows? I think it's really that simple. Like to Kyle Shanahan, does a second-round pick even mean that much? They have a second. They got three-thirds. Like, he, What does he give a shit? We saw their, we had a second-round pick this year. He was a scout team guard. He might rather, I, might rather have a player. Picks mean a lot to me. I was a former scout. I live for picks. Picks do not mean anything to Les Snead, Sean McVay, I don't really think they mean that much to most coaches, and especially a guy like Kyle Shanahan, when it comes to his quarterback. Because ultimately, if he's not comfortable doing this, which I think is insane, because back to what we were just talking about, if you're going to get Tom Brady, I got no problem making Trey Lance sit another year. But at this point in time, when you have $27 million to play with and you can get a second-round pick, because part of his take on, well, what if you could just play it again and get a third-round compensatory pick? Someone's going to give Jimmy like three years, $60 million. Compensatory picks are also based on like how much money you spend, how much money your guys get. The reason the Ravens always get them, they don't ever buy anyone in free agency. They always get reinforcements, and all their guys always get huge contracts. Well, the 49ers, I can guarantee you this guy, if Jimmy did come back and had the same year and someone would give him like two years, $40 million or something, the Niners would spend the money they had available, right? They would not just like, let's just roll it back with our up-and-comers. They would use that cash to go buy some players right. for Trey Lance. Right. So they wouldn't get a third-round compensatory pick. And that assumes best case for Jimmy's contract. There's a chance Jimmy would get like $15 million a year. Well, but and also you've spent the year playing quarterback, p- playing the sport with him, right? You've spent the year playing with him. And I, I think we spent a lot of time talking about whether or not Kyle thinks Jimmy, what Kyle thinks of Jimmy, what Kyle thinks of Trey. He told us what he thinks of them head-to-head this year based on how he played them. He was only willing to even start considering Trey Lance once it looked like the season was about to take a turn. He said that. He said it. Yes, it got to the point where I was thinking about going to Trey. But he wasn't doing – he was not – I think with hindsight, we can say Kyle Shanahan was not going to Trey Lance to save the season. Kyle Shanahan would have gone to Trey Lance once the season was dead. Yeah. Barring an injury. so I I think coaches are much in a weird way much less emotional about quarterback decisions. Like we've watched 7 million documentaries, man in the arena on Tom and Bledsoe. Bill was just unemotional about the money guy was making, the money the other guy was not making. He All he cared about, like, could you complete passes that I was calling? That's all he cares about, right? And ultimately Kyle just cares about, can you just run my offense? Right. And if he's not comfortable with this guy running his offense, which I'd put a little bit on him. And maybe he would feel much more comfortable with a full offseason with him. He has to make these decisions before that takes place, right? I bet if Jimmy's traded 
and he gets to spend all of OTAs, he's either going to be more bullish or more nervous once he goes to his summer break, right? He'll be like, I actually feel a lot better about this, right? Or he's like, holy shit, we have fucking training camp. It's going to be some long nights, me and that kid. Yeah. But it's going to be one or the other, assuming if, if they trade Jimmy. But if Jimmy was back, he'd have no nerves. He'd just feel like he always does in the spring. He's happy. He looks less gray. He looks less, less stressed out, right? Because yeah, part of OTAs, that's, if that's he trades Jimmy. That's the spring. It, it's different than when I would you're say playing the game. But it's not the spring of Trey's there. Like it's, Wouldn't you say their OTAs would be pretty serious if Jimmy is traded and Trey, which Jimmy is going to get traded. I will be floored if Jimmy is not traded. But I do think there's one guy that's arguing, like, are we sure? And that is the head coach, who last I checked has a lot of juice. Well, see, and I think Can they turn down a second-round pick guy? No. Second-round pick? No, they cannot. They'd have two second-round picks and three-thirds and a guy making five million bucks? How does no. it get any better than that? John Lynch isn't sending his family on vacation while he stays back at Levi Stadium to pass up on a second-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. Two no seconds chance. and three-thirds with a young quarterback and all this money to spend? An extra $27 million? No chance. This is why you get – this is part of the reason you get paid, Kyle. And again – I think part of the reason you feel comfortable with it is what do you do with RG3? Now, I see this a lot, and I think this is important to address because I see it a lot. On the stream, Six Letters says, this is the same guy that said Mac Jones was a lock at number three. That's what Schefter said. Remember, a lot of people in the media got crushed for predicting that the 49ers were going to draft Mac Jones, for saying they were going to draft Mac Jones, for saying they don't see how they draft anybody other than Mac Jones. And I believe, it's my belief, and I've said this since the day after the first round was done, that the pile on of all those people is a little misguided. I think it's easy to go look at all these people. They were wrong. They were just following the rumors about Mac. Yes, you, that, that could be it. Or it could be that there was a real battle going on at some point inside the 49ers organization about Mac Jones and Trey Lance. And I tend to believe that um, all of these people who are very well connected, I'm not saying no one makes mistakes. I, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying believe believe things that you don't want to believe. I'm just saying... I think there was truth to Mac Jones at three. I think that's why that story was out. Obviously, it's when you make a prediction, it's black or white. Either you're right or you're wrong. Either the guy got drafted or he didn't. But I think Kyle loved Mac Jones. I think people know that Kyle liked Mac Jones. I don't think he considered Justin Fields at all. And I think that's where a lot of that came from. Now, ultimately, everyone that said he was taking Mac Jones at three was wrong because he didn't do it. And then but, the guy went, the guy ended up going 15. Right? The guy ended up going yeah, but it but there's a difference between he didn't do it and everyone made up these rumors and there was no truth to it. I think no. there was something to it. I believe very strongly there was something to it. And um you know, again, there was an incorrect prediction, but I don't think these I don't think all those predictions came from people just just half cocked, just saying shit because everyone else was saying it. And do you think it was random that his buddy when Traeger had him on the podcast hit McVeigh kind of defended the Mac Jones hype. Remember no, that? I do it was remember kind of like, God, Sean McVay's going in. And, but Kyle had to be careful because he then had his quarterback by that time. But like, it was almost like Sean was speaking for Kyle. Like, this guy can play. Everyone hating on this guy. It's like, Sean, you watched him? You guys haven't had a first-round pick in forever. But he, maybe he did. Though he, I'm looking at something right now, and I do think this is important. Last year, Jimmy's cap hit was a little over $26 million. Trey, when you get a first round picks, their entire four year contract is guaranteed. And most of them, you know, 60% of them end up getting that fifth year option picked up. So they get basically, depending on where you're picked, you know, Trey's four year contract was, uh, was $34 million. And his fifth year option, you know, by then, 
you know, he'll be getting extended or whatever. But he got signed for a big contract. His cap hit, they kind of get spread out throughout the four years. It gets smaller to bigger. Starts at 6'2 and ends up at almost 11. So last year, him and Jimmy, and I think if you just said any team in the league that doesn't have like Mahomes or Josh Allen, would you take a $32 million cap hit in your quarterback room to win 10 games? 80% of teams would sign up for that immediately, right? $32 yep. million cap hit to win 10 games and go to the playoffs? Just be a wild card team? Every team, you know, beside like the top five or six teams, signing up for that. Well, this year it starts going up a little bit because Jimmy now is 27, basically, and Trey is 7'7". So now you're at, you know, almost $35 million. And you go, well, in a perfect world, if you have a $27 million quarterback, would you want your backup to have a cap hit of almost $8 million? No. Probably not. No. Like, you, you looked at Josh Allen this year. What did they do? They went and got Mitch, who made $2 million. What did Veach do once they signed Mahomes? They got Henny, who doesn't make any money. You know, even Jordan Love for Aaron Rodgers, because he was picked way later, his cap numbers are way smaller. So I think, you know... It still is a it's viable would be the wrong word, but it's definitely you could justify it. Like it's not the craziest fucking thing ever. Financially, financially, You're saying, yeah. But the, their quarterback room is in thirty five million dollars for those two guys. Yeah, I I think part of it too is that you we all understand that Kyle has the equity that he has, and that he doesn't need to earned, go earned a lot more this year. Didn't he? earned a lot more this year? Yeah, and that now is the time to take advantage of what you're talking about. And it's not a rebuild, but just kind of take a step back to hopefully take two steps forward with your quarterback. And make up for it in other places. Make up for it on defense. Make up for it with, you've got, now we had this year from Debo Samuel that was incredible, right? Make up for it in other places with Trey Lance um, so that you can eventually have the guy that you spent. Remember that press conference he had before the draft talking about Josh Allen and Mahomes and, and guys who can run and guys who can throw and breeze his arm and all that kind of stuff? Breeze's accuracy and whoever's arm strength, like that kind of super quarterback, this is your shot at it. Because you're not you're not gonna draft another one in two years with his physical skills. I, I think he I think he combined he's like, Yeah, everyone would want Lamar Jackson with Drew Brees accuracy and Josh Allen's arm strength. It's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> I but I, I think in a weird way, Kyle is a little afraid to be uncomfortable on offense at that position. And it's why I think we've always pigeonholed him with the basic guys, right? And and Matt Ryan is like the highest level basic guy. Kirk Cousins, like those type players. That's why he, let's face it, had he had a soft spot for two quarterbacks, C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins. Like they kind of are the poor man's version of those guys, but he likes that player. Look who he brought in to kind of be third string slash backup, Nate Sudfeld, who falls under that. Like he he has a specific quarterback he likes, and Jimmy is definitely that. I would say Jimmy turns it over more than those guys, but he falls in that category. Trey is outside his comfort zone. RG3 was too. The difference is, and we'll we'll talk about, I'm probably during the combine about, you know, how lucky the Niners are to have this prospect on their team because they wouldn't sniff him this year. But the one thing, just texting a couple people, like, you know, I asked a couple people about Kyler Murray when some of that drama came out about, like, you know, where did you guys stand on him coming out of the draft? And everyone had, you know, all acknowledged, like, his tape was unreal. 
just his size made like certain people uncomfortable. It's like I just don't bet on little guys in that position to last. When you take a guy number one overall, you want him to be on your team for 15 years, right? Right. And, you know, the one thing Trey really hung his hat on was the character stuff. So I think Kyle could get behind that. Like he he's like he's like a perfect character guy. Like high level, smart, good teammate, good guy. Look how smooth he was this year. Like Kyle really values that. But I think we got to cut it into two. He values that, but he also values the quarterback stuff. And it's like this guy's a big project as a quarterback. And I just think that you know Kyle wants to like hone in his offense, like make it this perfect fucking Ferrari that he controls. And, and when you got to fix the engine the whole time, you can't, but, you know, do all the other shit. Yeah, no, it's true. But the flaw in that is that it's not as if Jimmy is maintenance-free, right? It's no, not like... And, and ultimately, I acknowledge, and Kyle deserves credit, is he had to give the thumbs up to pull the trigger on this guy, right? Because ultimately, they... It, it, let's face it, like you said, it came down to Mac Jones and this guy. Justin Fields was not... There were three guys, but two guys were in their own category, and I think the easy move would have been at Mac Jones because he would have been able to trade Jimmy immediately. He would have been able to play Mac Jones, and they wouldn't. And it, but they would have been capped. They, they're not in the NFC Championship game with Mac Jones. I, I don't believe that for a second. But this guy's ceiling's a lot higher. I just wonder, like, you know, Kyle wants you a little ready-made. You know? Yeah. It's it, it's hard. You know, it's. I, and maybe this maybe this invigorates him. As a coach, like, I, I think Andy kind of likes doing that shit. Well, he told know? us he was uncomfortable this year calling plays for Trey. Yeah, he's admitted it. So it's not like he's hiding from any of it. He's definitely admitted it, which is fine. Usually you grow, uh, I'd say, when you're uncomfortable. Like, he should grow as a coach with this player. Like, I bet a, a big reason, let's face it, a big reason why Brian Dayball has been one of the biggest names in football the last couple of years and was going to get a job this year and should have had one probably last year. It's like what he did with Josh Allen. Now... I think Kyle's pushback would be, well, he's just truly the offensive coordinator. He doesn't have to do all the other stuff. He doesn't, I have to lead team meetings. I have to go to meet. Like I, I'm the head coach. So it's a it's easier when you're the offensive coordinator. And Kyle, I think, talked about that with McVay on that podcast, was like, you just have a lot more responsibilities. You just have yeah. less time. And then he's lost all his minions. So like, am I comfortable just because Anthony Lynn's like, well, I handled Herbert. It's like, Anthony, didn't you say you didn't really want to start Herbert? Remember that? He's a little old school that way. Yeah, too. he tried to stick with Tyrod until Tyrod got poked. poked. Herbert, he said Herbert wasn't ready. Right? I think he said I think, that. I think even after the season, he made some comments like, it's like, Anthony, we, what we just witnessed, you can't say anything negative about Justin Herbert. Jeep Crackhawk says, which I think is a golf course, says not the whole story. He said he was uncomfortable calling plays for both Trey and Jimmy. He said it messes up with the rhythm of the play calling. Yeah, that that is what Kyle said. Because the he defense all, changes. I, I think I, I think he specifically said though about Trey's plays. He didn't know what he was going to see. Trey's plays. But I I do think part of it, and I like I think the conversation we just had about it still stands. I think part of it was the defense. You know, the defense changes that you lose all the patterns that you learned that the defense showed you when you change quarterbacks. So Shifter just produces content for people. Glad he went on. Well, I, yeah. And look, I think some of it is about leverage. Like Kyle, I think some of it's about a because tr- one of the things he said in that clip that was not really part of that clip, but he said in that podcast was like, he doesn't think all these guys are, he doesn't think Russell Wilson's going anywhere. Right. So, all of a sudden, this Schefter QB, or Kyle. 
I think Schefter. Shanahan did not say that. Um, but that's part of this. Is like you wait and then you see what the you see what people think of the rookie quarterbacks. You see if if um, Bruce Arians is all in on Blaine Gabbert. Quote: People may not like the overall record, but Blaine had eight head coaches and eight coordinators in his first eight years. He's never played with a team this good. He said the MMQB. Pretty crazy. Eight and eight. Sixteen different head coach. I mean. 16 different head coaches slash coordinators in eight years is insane. You know, a huge part of life, including the Niners, is just having some high level guy believe in you. And for whatever reason, Bruce Aarons really likes playing Gabbert. He liked him in Arizona. He brought with him with Tom. Remember, the Niners kind of liked him as a backup. Like, clearly, as a guy, people really like him in the building. I just, I don't think anyone believes he's any good. But Bruce also now realizes, like, maybe there's a chance we don't have anything else, right? Well, I think one thing's becoming clear. I do think Russell, I would pump the brakes on anything's possible in that situation. Now, the difference, I guess, with Russell and Aaron is like, Russell could ask for a trade in Seattle because he say no. Right? There's no, like, we have to trade Russell Wilson. If Russell goes, I want out of here, be like, nope, we're keeping you. It does feel like Aaron, my, my percentage is like 49-51. Like, I, I do think he's thinking about staying. Like you, some of the things he was saying about Gudikins, like I give Gudikins a lot of credit because I didn't think it would be possible for him to do this just because you're not really taught how to do this in scout. Like as a scout, it would just be on an individual, like how good you are with people. Right. They, they've done a hell of a job of like making him like them again. And, and maybe it was underrated how angry he really was, but he played it up last year. Like he was pissed off and he's gone out of his way to be like, you know, we fuck, we're in a good place now. Why? So you're in a good place. You play for the Packers. You win 13 games a year. You're going to go to Denver. Like they, they haven't won anything in forever. Just because, uh, our guy from UC Davis, also the defensive coordinator you hired, UC Davis guy too. Someone told me from, uh, his name's like Evero or something from huh. the Rams. So they got a UC Davis staff in Denver. Wow. Dan Hawkins going to join the squad? You know, he's he's too busy get leading the Ags to the playoffs every year. Maybe Aaron was never that mad at the Packers so much as it was that he was mad at his own lack of freedom. You know? Maybe it was never about Gutekind so much as it was about, hey, I want to be able to control where I go and what I do. I don't know if you... The, the interview he had with McAfee was long. One of the things he said when he was going through, like, how how valuable players' wives are was, you know, he's like, sometimes they just... They send you to Green Bay. <laughs> you know, he kind of made this comment, like sometimes you just end up where they send you and you don't really get to decide where, you, where you're playing. And I do, it makes me wonder if, if, um, if it's, it was more internal stuff for Aaron than it was external stuff for him that made him unhappy. Well, one of my biggest issues with Phil Mickelson, talking all this shit about the PGA Tour, because I think he looks at himself like he's Aaron Rodgers or like he's Steph Curry. In those sports... League, the main three professional sports, I don't get to control where I live. Maybe once as a free agent, but for the most part, like especially in basketball and football, because it's so they can always offer me so much money before I'm a free agent. I usually sign these contract extensions, and you just end up playing for 15 years in Green Bay, or you know, 12 years for the Dallas Mavericks, and you have to play like in golf. You get to play whenever and wherever you want. Where in football, like Aaron has had to live in Green Bay for the last 15 years. And every single Sunday, he has to play a football game. And now he's been very lucky. They've been really good. But 
you know, I would say most people from California, the first place they would choose to live would not be Green Bay, Wisconsin. Now you could argue like it's a pretty special brand to play for. It's got to feel pretty like when they have some of their wins at Lambeau at night, you're like, ah, oh, that's pretty sweet. You yeah, know, it, it, there are, but you know, the Sundays, it's like, well, you go on a family vacation to Disneyland. It's all fun. Well, you know, most of your life at home is not your vacation, right? It's, you know, it's 11 months and 20 days a year of people screaming at each other. Where's dinner? Like it's, it's intense. Most of Aaron Rodgers' days are Monday through Saturday sitting in this community. It's very, very small. So maybe that was driving them nuts because yeah. winning – now, they haven't won in the playoffs, but they have consistently won since he's been there. Won pretty big. Like, I mean, they have had so many teams, 12-plus wins. You know, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't get – now, I'd say the difference is it feels like they have less to show than – you know, Peyton fought that a little bit, but when you look back on Peyton's career, he went to four Super Bowls. He went to two in Denver. He went to two in Indianapolis. Like, when's the last time Rodgers really got close to a Super Bowl? I guess it was the Tampa game, but – this year he didn't even make it to the, the, the conference championship game. No. And not only didn't make it, like it was bad. Was Their playoff game was bad. Game? Scored 10, game, 10 points. I mean, they've 10. won double-digit games. Um, I think we've talked about this before, but under Aaron, they went 6-10 and 10 his first year. They've only had three years since 2008 where they didn't win at least 10 games. And they've won 13 games in three straight years. That's pretty incredible. He's gone to five conference championship games. Yeah, and he's lost, what, four, f- three straight? Yeah, he's lost a lot of playoff games. He's lost 11, I think. I mean, how good did he feel after the uh, the cleanse, though? He had to feel like he was walking on clouds. You think after a good bowel movement, you feel good? I mean, think about this guy. After 12 days of the, uh, what was it called? 13. 13-day cleanse. Panchakarma. Here's what I Multiple here's what enemas. I Once I saw the breakdown, to me, the enemas by no means hold a candle to like the intense vomiting that's created by something. If you complete that, I listen, I thought some of the things he's saying, he's just clearly a little out there for me. And I'm all for, you know, there's some things that I believe in that people, you know, whatever might think is a little kooky or weird. But if you can complete that, I mean, honestly, complete that for 13 days. Like when I read that, I food's not part of that, right? Just the ghee butter. So you complete that. That's an incredible accomplishment. Don't you agree? It is an incredible accomplishment. Yeah, it is. I mean, the Buddhists are um, mentally strong, a, st- a strong bunch. I guess the right? butter would add some fat, so it would fill you up a little bit. Protein. I don't know what the is the purpose of the butter. When people Nutrition. go on the fasting, they put butter in their coffee. I think it just fills you up a little bit. Gotcha. The ghee butter, G-H-E-E. I, I don't even know what that is, but. Oh, my God, man. What are you even pooping after a while? Uh, are you? Uh, you're not. They're just cleaning you out with tubes. I don't know. Uh, this is not my area of expertise, but holy shit, man. How about when he comes on McAfee with 150,000 people watching? He's like, just quick announcement. We're not breaking any news here today. McAfee's like, no. You think Pat knew? Uh, I don't know. Because one part, I watched bits and pieces of it. They were texting a couple days before. I know. Maybe when I, but maybe, maybe they were texting like, hey, will you come on the show? I, know, I didn't know he's an off-season. He does off-season hits? For an hour? I know when I reread his gratitude post 
before the interview started, my thought was like, he's not about to announce anything. I didn't think that either. He's going to let this thing. Yeah. Let this thing simmer. And it might be sometimes with these situations, we always assume everyone's playing everybody. He might not really know exactly how it's going to play out. I, I believe him on that. And I, I, I'm starting to part of it's Devante. He's thinking about staying. What Gouda can say today that like we ideally don't want to franchise tag him, but I do think Devontae is pretty complicated because you're gonna you're gonna set a new market. For, but how do you for think a third I time? Well, you don't. I mean, that's why you have the franchise tag. What was the story about his dinner with the Buddhists? What was that story? I caught like the second half of it. Yeah, that he uh, remember last year when things were getting weird, and it, the story had come out that Gudikins he was mad at Gudikins. So I think that Lafleur, Nathaniel Hackett, and maybe a couple other dudes said, "Aaron, we're going to come see you. We want to spend some time with you, and let's figure some things out." And he says, "Well, you guys can come on Thursday or Friday or whatever, but I'm eating dinner with my two Buddhist friends, and under no circumstances will I cancel this dinner. So you guys are welcome to come over. I'll be home whenever, but just fucking come. I you, you can come, but I, I'm. But you're waiting for me. You're bed. not coming to dinner." You're, yeah, you're you're not allowed with the Buddhists, and so he said they just started. They were just, I think they got like a 18 pack, and the five of them started drinking like in the driveway, and he had a security guard, I guess, that called him at dinner. Like, I'm not quite sure what's going on. These guys claim they know you, and then I guess Aaron's like, yeah, they're good. But when he got there, they were all drinking beers. You don't let them in the house, guys. You can just help yourself to the backyard. I think he has a place on Malibu. Have you ever driven on the PCH when you go right by the water? It's pretty beautiful. Yeah. That's where he claimed they, they go just enjoy the view. Right go there. enjoy the view, fellas. Yeah, so they might have just you know hack it and Lafleur just slamming a couple Miller Lights. They're just watching some IPAs. I'm not interested in uh, yucking anybody's yum. Like if they're really in the mental headspace that he's in with just gratitude and peace, then I'm not here to. I have no interest in in um, fucking that up for anybody. But I don't know how much Instagram posting the Buddhists do. Um, you know, I think again, I'm not Buddhist, but I, I don't see a lot of the Buddhists posting about it so much as they are just living it. Um, and it doesn't mean that, you know, he wanted to share that publicly. So like I said, I'm not, I think it's, I will take it at face value. I do think he knows though, what he creates when he does stuff like that and enjoys it. And honestly, I might, if I were in his shoes, I'd probably enjoy it too. Like I'm not even saying there's anything wrong with that, but it does create a whole other world that can make things challenging, you know, for his, for his team, for his teammates, for the whole thing. It's good for, I, good for Pat. I think he's gotten to the point where, for me personally, he's a little exhausting. And like you said, if <clears throat> you want to do 13-day cleanse, you want to hang out with Buddhists, like, do you. Like, we all can do our own things, even though, you know, finding yourself, you know, part of that is, like, I think you have to find yourself a little bit more when you don't have family or you're not married at his age, you know? I mean, think about that. He doesn't talk to his parents and is basically single. His brother. He's 38 years old. So he doesn't talk to anybody close to him. He doesn't have any person truly he dates on and off and he always breaks up. I thought he just broke up with her, but then he had a picture of them together. It's kind of weird. It threw me off. Yeah. I do think they called off the engagement, I think. But what's your name? Shailene Woodley. Shailene Woodley. Yeah. Saw some pictures where I didn't think she looked that good, but then the one she took with Aaron, I was like, oh, she looks pretty cute with her. She she's gotta be a little younger than him. Yeah, yeah. She is. Just one thing with Aaron. Before we go to indeed.com slash ham, he looks old for being like a little older than us. I mean, he is not a young looking guy. 
You see his like, you talk about, you know, they say Botox, you know, the wrinkles. He's just got these fucking wrinkles. Doesn't he look like he's 45 years old? Yeah, I think, you know, he has bags under his eyes, which just might be genetic, you know. I don't know. Doesn't he look old for his age? In this day and age when he's working out and very healthy guy? Yeah. Because I like he's like Romo, who looks younger. I just say, you just look at most quarterbacks, they, I mean, besides like Roethlisberger, but you go, what does Roethlisberger do? You like, he eats pizza and drinks beer? You know, he's well, he looks like a, a 70s quarterback, probably more, right? 100%. He just looks very, he looks like he belongs in the 60s or 70s, where though at 40 years old, you look 62. Like, Ken Stabler, how old are you? Uh, 35? Like, oh, well, congrats on your retirement. Think how old Roger's going to look when he's 50 years old. Does the ponytail help or hurt that? I mean, probably hurts a little bit, but I don't know. Looks like you could have been in casino. John, let's tell the people about our friends at Indeed. Indeed.com slash ham. If you're hiring, then you need Indeed. This time of year especially, it's a great time to talk about Indeed around combine season, draft season, teams trying to put together their championship squads. Nothing matters more than finding and hiring the best team. With Indeed, you'll have the power to build your dynasty by hiring more MVPs faster. Yep. Indeed makes it hire it makes it easier to hire great talent. According to Comscore, Indeed's the number one job site. Uh, so you go to you go to Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process, finding the talent through uh, time saving tools like Indeed's instant match. So they instant match you with the specific things you're looking for technology, the queries, boom, boom, bang, and then all of a sudden you have a new hire that you know you wouldn't have had without it. Indeed.com slash ham. Well, with Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a job post, and with uh, Indeed.com slash ham, you get a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post. As soon as you um, sponsor your job post, you get a short list of quality candidates. Bam. Right then. With resumes on Indeed that match your job description, you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. So right yep. now, go to Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham, where if you sponsor a job post, you are four and a half times more likely to get a hire. Indeed.com slash ham to claim your $75 job credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash ham turns and conditions apply. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You uh, excited for uh, 80 and Brady? Brady and 80? Brady, Brady, Sadie? 80 for Brady? Tom Brady makes post-football moves to produce and appear in road trip comedy for Paramount. Hollywood icons Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno, and Sally Field will star in 80 for Brady, which Kyle Marvin will direct and Brady will produce via his 199 Productions. Is this the movie on the Atlanta Falcons comeback? This is the movie I think about. Yeah, it's like a road trip to the Super Bowl. Uh, inspired by a true story, Brady tells the story of four best friends and New England Patriots fans who take a life-changing trip to the 2017 Super Bowl to see their quarterback hero, Tom Brady, and the chaos that ensues. The four friends are the are the women. So this is not like a Jimmy Fallon movie. I just, I just figured out as I'm reading this. I was going to talk way more shit about this when I thought it was just going to be like a documentary on the comeback. This doesn't bother me as much using these real women. Tom just got some sisters trying to get with a different demo. Actually kind of respect this. (laughs) 
yeah, I guess it's based. It's inspired by a true story. So you never. I'm reading about it right here, but uh... I just think Tom. You know, he's just got some time on his hands. He's going to just try to produce content and uh, keep rocking and rolling. I mean, this is didn't say he was pretty old. Yeah, didn't say he will star. I thought I read that somewhere, but then this says just produce. I would love to see some football scenes with Tom as a quarterback in the movie. Absolutely. Bill make a cameo. Be That's a good a way question. to kind of to you know rekindle the fire. Just be, hey Bill, I'll pay you a hundred grand. You just do a cameo. Subway style. Whatever happened to Bill's Subway commercials? Belichick. Remember he did a couple Subway commercials. What were they? I don't really. I think he was like sitting on a bench about eating a sub. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Subway had to pivot to convincing everybody their bread is real bread, and now they just do a bunch of people who don't actually eat their food in the commercials, you know? It's so stupid. It's like you you can't have, you know, Shaq driving a Kia. You know, there's certain well, things. Like, he drives a big Mercedes. The thing with Shaq, that's a separate topic that I'm glad you mentioned. Just keep an eye out, everybody. Every Shaq commercial is, a, is kind of the same, even though it's different brands. Every Shaq commercial, you watch it and you go, Ah, they didn't quite nail it. He's got this this um, commercial with the printer company where the ink doesn't run out anymore, and the acting, the whole script, the whole thing's just a little off. Every Shaq commercial is like almost clever, but then they never stick the landing ever. Every single one. I'm telling you, keep your eyes peeled. Every Shaq commercial is just you know like State Farm commercials. Just feel like a high level professional. With like you know, Aaron and Mahomes. What's and, supposed yeah. to be funny is kind of funny. The Shaq ones is like they only use B-level writers, and it's always – you know the other one that drives me crazy? Xfinity, the cable provider, like the massive company Xfinity. All their commercials look like they're shot in standard definition, like 720p or some shit. I don't Going get cheap. It. All of them. Every single one of them. But keep an eye out for Shaq. Like, hey, just watch next Shaq commercials. It's always just a little off. Doesn't kind of reflect his movie career, Shazam. I mean, think about some of his movies. I mean, his best movie by far, yeah. in my opinion, was one where I mean, he was kind of the star, but really Nick Nolte was in Blue Chips. But that was a real movie. Yeah. The rest of them where he was like the main guy, they were always a little low budget, low brow. Which is crazy, right? Because it's Shaquille O'Neal. I wonder if he gets a higher premium that way, pays less for the workers around him. Oh, maybe. Like That's Shaq, we have a thirty million dollar budget. You can either take fifteen and have it look fantastic, or take twenty eight and we'll spend two on everything else. Yeah, he's like, screw it. I, I don't even care about tough acting, acting. So yeah, I'll just do a shitty commercial. He does a lot of weird brands for sure. What'd you think of the uh, Mike McDaniel article by Matt Barrows in the Athletic? It's pretty I, good. I, you give me Mike McDaniel content guy, I consume it. You you know, you give me fuck Mary Kill, you give me Matt Barrows. Matt's smart. You know, this is even that, though he's that, no longer on the Niners. Did you see that thing that the Dolphins yeah, did? Yeah, I did see that. Was that the team that did that or like one of the local reporters that did that? Uh, might have been a local reporter. Yeah, it was. What did he say? Who did he say he would kill? McVeigh? Yeah, because McVeigh beat them last. And Mary so Shanahan? Mary Shanahan and kiss LaFleur because he's the best looking. Oh, yeah, that's a good answer. Anyway, I'm with you. More Mike McDaniel stories, the better. Sorry, I interrupted there. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, you give me his content, I'm going to press play or I'm going to scroll the article. And this is an article I actually didn't scroll. I, I kind of read it word for word, which is rare for me. How about, did you realize he immediately signed a uh, Ivy League fullback when he got to Miami? Is that the guy that he used to work out in the offseason because they were just buddies? Henley? 
No, that's uh, no, like he actually he signed like his own. Um, John Henley, Lovett. Henley was his buddy from college. Yeah, Henley's his buddy. He signed this guy, John Lovett. Like his, he needed a full. A, a, he's trying to duplicate Juice. Well, if Juice was a free agent, they would pay him one hundred percent. He's probably tried to trade for him. Like he's had that conversation with Shanahan. To to me, the craziest part about that article is I I had, I had never knew this. I always just assumed he went with Kyle from Houston to Washington. Gary Kubiak fired him. Yeah. Because he was the lowest guy on the staff. And the, as the story goes, he was a, uh, you know, he's not an, he wasn't an early morning guy then. And Gary was like at his desk by 6 a.m. And when you're, you know, the quality control guy, the head coach, who I think at the time Kubiak was also the coordinator. So he probably just kept firing questions and his phone would ring and he wouldn't pick up. And it happened multiple times. And then he got fired. And part of, he got fired. Like ultimately, Kyle wasn't the boss. Kyle was on the staff, so he saw that, and then Kyle rehired him a couple years later. So it shows you how talented he spent he two is. years in the UFL, which we knew in his bio, but I didn't realize he was there because he got fired. I'm with you. Kubiak fired him. That's can pretty. You imagine? Can you imagine when he woke up and he looked and the head coach is calling him and he hadn't picked up like two missed calls? Well, getting fired is part of every coach's story, and it's a big part of a lot of coaches stories, but usually it's not like this. It's like, you know, I was with, I was with uh, whoever Mike Sherman and we got fired at A&M, but it's never like I got fired because I couldn't be counted on to answer the phone. Like you don't really hear that story that much, right? I'd say you never hear that. And when you do that guy's out of the league fast, he got fired because he doesn't show up on time. <laughs> like you're I'm right. More of a- you get fired or is it, he's not a good enough coach or something, but you don't get fired for not picking up the phone. I would say as a quality control guy, those guys are just insane. They work such crazy hours. And maybe he wasn't quite ready for exactly what was, you know, I, I, I mean, I can speak from my own experience. It was a lot, man. I remember feeling overwhelmed at times. Now, luckily, Howie wasn't calling you at fucking 5 a.m., but Andy might have been. I, yeah. I couldn't have done I couldn't have done that job. Because I'm, I'm not, I've grown early mornings. But even my early mornings are like six fifteen. Like sometimes coaches are calling people like five. It's like get a life, go to sleep. <laughs> and this could have been this. This could have been in the in the off season. You know, could have been. Yeah, go read Probably the article. In the season. Great job by Barrels. It's uh, it's very interesting. Is there something else we were gonna hit here? I, I mean, it's just so. kind of a weird couple of days with just nothing on. I you know I didn't. I've watched Inventing Anna, pretty good show on Netflix. Oh yeah. I was tossing and turning last night because I went to bed at 7 uh, with the uh, Omicron flu or whatever the hell we got. And so I woke up at like 1 o'clock. So my sleeping schedule was all messed up. But I, I was like, couldn't really go back to bed. So I ended up watching a couple episodes in the middle of the night. It's very bizarre when that happens to you. Yeah, I may or may not. I debated whether or not to. Um, I may or may not have been watching Emily in Paris uh, on Netflix. What is that? Um, I had never heard of it till Peyton Manning did like a joke about it on SNL recently and um it's what it sounds like it's uh you Who's know Emily Emily gets a job as a uh a mar- for the marketing firm in Paris and immediately breaks up with her boyfriend back in Chicago and you know now she starts exploring Paris good looking chick <laughs> yeah obviously yeah is it a TV show or is it just a movie you know it's like a Netflix show you know it's like a 30- 28 minute show and it's not 
Not one I'm proud of, but. Did you watch the whole thing? I've watched uh, multiple episodes. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'll check it out then. It's Phil Collins' daughter, someone said. The actress? I did not know that. I mean, again, this is uh, sometimes a stream. Ooh, how could you make that up? I don't think you could. Wow. I like a little less now. Why? Uh, you know, like. I, I like a Mike McDaniel. I like a Mike McDaniel. No, I actually like Phil Collins in the air tonight. But I like a Mike McDaniel story, you know, not a started on third base type story. But yeah, um, I mean, but remember uh, the chick that in uh, House of Cards that Spacey tosses in to the uh, that he's sleeping with in the first mm-hmm. season and he yeah. throws against the train. Yep, it's John Morrow's daughter. You're like, well, oh, you know. that's true. She was, was she in? Uh, she was in something else. Oh. What was the show with uh, the agent with Ari Wolf? Showtime or HBO famous. Yeah. Entourage. Was she an entourage? She might have been an entourage. Maybe Lily Collins. Yeah. Actor in uh, Emily in Paris. All right. Do that's an easy conversation starter. Phil Collins daughter. Yeah. At some point you probably try to avoid it, right? I can feel it. God, such a good. That's she was in Fantastic Four. All right. On that note, yeah. I mean, hey, we're all just. I recommend the Tony Romo Football Life. Just there's one recommendation for you too. I've seen it. I've seen it. It's good. Yeah, it's good. I, I would Tony's house is incredible. I would not recommend the thirty for thirty on uh, Charles and and Tom Brady. It was. Pretty I told terrible. you it was. It was twenty minutes of content in an hour. It was like what these guys are stretching this thing out. And then Charles acting like they would have won back to back Super Bowls. Well, the whole alternate universe thing they did. It's been a Raider for life. It was just they didn't have enough content. That was the problem. No, they did they not have enough out. content. Yeah. They didn't interview Greg Papa. That was their other problem. He got some he got some calls in that one though. He did. To me, the most impressive part about that is nobody knew the rule except Bill. Now it's easy for Bill to say after the fact, but I think it happened to him that year, right? Yeah. Bill and the referee. And I love that the referee still to this day is like, it was the right call. Yeah. Tom's adamant is the right call, too. Tom goes through the part where he's like, see, my hand was good. Tom can't even explain what happened because it's he's like, no, my hand was not coming back. Like Tom got all caught up in the explanation because he's trying to lie. Do you think that, uh, that when they interviewed Robert Kraft, like either in his home office or his office at Gillette, he had the picture of the play? Do you think they put that there or Robert actually has it? Because he called it one of his favorite plays ever. I bet he has it. It might be my, you know what I think might happen. Where else did, where else was I watching where I saw this? Oh, I was watching the Romo thing and they're interviewing Jerry Jones and there's a painting of Tony Romo behind him. Well, that's not like his main paint. I bet they have in suites, like different photos. And they did the interview in a suite that had that one. Makes sense. Maybe that, maybe, maybe that, or, but I mean, would, I might have that photo up if I were Robert Kraft. Patriots had a good argument. Like, even when that happened, we still had to tie the game and then win it. In the, we, in the we, we were Terry had to make those two kicks. Yeah. <clears throat> How about when Gruden at the end of overtime or in overtime ices Vinatieri and they got the extra 30 seconds to clear Come some on, space John. on the ground? Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. Hope you don't get what we get. No. Gave it all we got.